Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. I always appreciate you. I think I have a great lineup for you this week. I say that every week. I hope I haven't disappointed you yet. But this week, I don't have a guest. It's just me and my thoughts. There's been a lot that's happened. First and foremost, rest in peace to John Singleton, amazing director. I moved to L.A. five weeks ago as of today. Nipsey Hussle had just been killed. And one of the first places that I went was down to South Central. I wanted to go see his his storefront and pay my respects. A very kind billionaire. She'd hit me up and she you know, volunteered to take me down there because I didn't know where I was going. But she took me on, on a quick drive around South Central. And if you remember in Boys in the Hood, they go to this place where everyone's hanging out and like some gunshots go off and everyone ducks. She took me through that area where people used to hang out and I immediately recognized it. We were driving through very slowly and I was like, wait, this looks so, oh my God. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, from Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood had such amazing talent. Ice Cube, Morris Chestnut, Nia Long, Regina King, Lawrence Fishburne, i.e. Dap Dunlap, because that's what I knew him as then from school days. Such amazing talent that, that John Singleton just had an eye for. Whenever I watch Boys in the Hood, I still cry when Ricky gets shot. 20 years later, I'm watching an episode of Game of Thrones. What's the crazy dude that was feeding everybody to the dogs? Battle of the Bastards. Cannot remember that guy's name for anything in the world. But he sends the youngest Stark, Recon, running across the battlefield. And he's shooting arrows at him. And I just kept yelling at the screen, like, why is he not zigzagging? My dude, why are you running in a straight line? And I know that you don't run in a straight line because of how Ricky got shot in Boys in the Hood. Look how it all comes together in life. It's underestimated how much movies, film, entertainment impacts our perception, the way we view the world. That was my first introduction to South Central. I was a kid growing up in Maryland. I knew nothing of, of South Central or gangs or, or any of that stuff. That was my introduction to, to Black folk in L.A. Like I was like, oh, it's not just Hollywood. This is a side of it, too, that I didn't know existed. And I like the, the, the layers to it. You've got this Black dad who's raising his son. So you're debunking the myth of, of the deadbeat dad. You have Doughboy, who's like a straight up hoodlum. But you also have his best friend who's, and his girlfriend who are both college bound. Who, you got his brother who is a disciplined athlete. He's got a kid with some girl. Whatever happened to that girl? She ended up in that kid and play movie. She's a cute girl. I don't know what happened to her. The baby mama, Ricky's baby mama. What did she ever end up doing? Hmm. His mother is like the original Angela. What's the girl's name? The twin. She's in Tyler Perry movies. Angela, she always loud. You know what I'm talking about. I love her as Tasha, Tasha Smith. That's her name. That mother is like the original Tasha Smith. Really talented man. Opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. Rest in peace to John Singleton. Heard there's some, some fighting over the estate. Black folk, get your paperwork in order. Even if you're too young to think you're going to go soon. Especially if you're leaving a little something behind. Especially if you have heirs, make sure your folks are taken care of. 
John Singleton apparently had a will, but hadn't updated it since the birth of his first daughter. But he has five subsequent children who were left out of the will. So there's going to be a battle over that estate. I think it's a $3 million estate just in in bank accounts. He has some other properties and some uh, film rights and such. But yeah, black folk, get your get your paperwork in order. Make sure your your descendants and relatives are not fighting it out, giving all the money to the lawyers in the event of your timely or untimely demise. Do that for your family. It's being responsible. Cousin Megan, aka Duchess of Sussex, had the baby. She and the royal snack, Prince Harry. Had a bouncing baby boy. He is in good health, as is mommy. Harry was on the news talking about it. I was, um, I couldn't turn the volume up, but he was just a smiling and gesticulating. That was a happy ass man. I was happy for him. I'm happy for them. I can't wait to see what this baby looks like. First and foremost, my concern is that the baby is healthy. I just want to be clear that I'm not the most shallow person on earth. I do care about the baby's health. That is, that is preeminent. But in addition... I care about the baby's melanin levels. I would like to see a nice brown boy with a complexion, the color of Megan's mother, with Harry's red hair and a big, beautiful smile. I'd like to see a happy baby boy. I was hoping they'd give the baby a good black name, something very black, like Tyrone, Lamont. I keep hearing people say the baby should be named Malcolm just because of the red hair. Mind you, we have not seen whether the baby has red hair. We did see the baby, but we we didn't get a good glimpse. He seemed to have a little bit of melanin. We got to see those ears and those knuckles to make a good determination about how brown he'll be. We didn't see any hair. I hope his hair's nappy. Because Harry got some some fuzzy hair. He don't have regular white people hair. And Megan, if you've seen childhood pictures of her, that girl got some fluff. I feel genetically that baby's going to have a fro. I hope it's a nice red fro. As it would turn out, they named the baby Archie. Archie. I think of the comic book character. That was my first thought. And then it was the guy from All in the Family, the father who was the racist. And then, going full circle, because people kept saying, oh, she should have named the baby Malcolm. And then I heard the baby's name was Archie. And now I keep thinking of West Indian Archie. That's really subversive. If you really think about it, you're like, oh, who's, who's, which Archie is the baby named after? West Indian Archie. <laughs> that's, that's joyful. That makes me happy. Do you see that CNN article? People were passing it around on, on Facebook. The title was, How Black Will the Royal Baby Be? People were mad about the title, but I was like, is this not what we discuss all the time? It's not politically correct. CNN, a news organization, should probably be a little bit more politically correct than the average ranting woman on social media. I want to be mad at CNN on Black People GP, but I literally just got finished talking about the melanin levels of this baby. What else is going on in this big wide world? Do you see the Sandra Bland video? It came out earlier today. It took me the entire day to watch it. And honestly, if I was not doing this podcast, I would not have. don't really want to see the final moments, final days of someone's life. Sis was upset and hot over being pulled over for, I guess, a broken taillight. 
and rightfully so. Like the police officer was mad greasy. Like they were going at each other. That doesn't explain nor excuse what happened to her. Getting taken to jail for a broken taillight is just much, just much. Like I understand like, you know, cops, long days, you have authority issues. Like, all right, whatever. You pull somebody over. They're not being deferential in the way that you need them to be. I get it. But I don't know. I couldn't be a cop because I just wouldn't process the paperwork. My ego's not that small, and I'm just not processing paperwork on dumb shit. I'm going to give you a ticket for your taillight and go on about your day. And then I'm going to, like, go to the store and, like, get a donut or some shit. I know that's stereotypical as fuck. I'm totally fine with that. But I really do wonder what happened to that young woman. Because the story just never added up. Like, you get pulled over for a broken taillight, and then you go to jail, and you kill yourself after three days. Even if she did commit suicide, as no one in her family seems to believe, they're like, that's just not her disposition. I will say this, though. If people are intentionally hiding what's going on with them from you, you don't really know what's going on. That said, it just the whole story just never really made sense to me. Like, you get, one, why are you locked up over a broken taillight? And then, two, like, now you're dead? Like, what happened? Like, did something happen in the prison that set her over the edge? I don't know. But may she rest in peace. May her family. I don't know. They'll never, I don't think they'll ever get the closure that they want, that they need. You don't ever get over your little sis or your daughter, cousin, whomever. Whatever she was to so many people, you never get over something like that. You learn to live despite the pain. My thoughts and prayers are with her family. That's got to be difficult. I don't know if they released the tape or somebody else released it. I hope the family released it because that's, that's a lot to wake up to on a Tuesday morning. Mm. Oh, I feel a little depressed. We've talked about some, some heavy subjects already. Let's talk about something, something fun. The Met Gala. Do you know, we don't actually see the Met Gala. We just literally watch like four hours of, of E! Red Carpet of people going into a party that we don't see. This year's theme was camp, which a lot of people were like, like summer camp, like in the woods with a tent. No, no, friends. I was very surprised how many people didn't know the word camp. But I'm also somebody who loves musicals. From the 60s, I love over-the-top shit in general. So camp is a word that I was very familiar with. If you think Bob Fosse, which there's an excellent, not documentary, but there's a show about him on FX right now. It's really, really good. I like it a lot. But if you watch Fosse musicals, that's very camp. Elton John, Cher, camp. All drag queens, camp. Paris is Burning, camp. Valley of the Dolls camp what was that movie with jesse from saved by the bell that was really terrible showgirls camp Nicki minaj her early years camp so if you if you just think of anything that's like really excessive really over the top really gaudy before beyonce started making visual albums remember she made i can't remember what album that was she released like 10 videos for one album most of those videos were campy If you remember her video from Pink Panther, I think she's like playing with a ball of yarn, like something utterly ridiculous. Camp. Rihanna is actually really good at camp. 
She has a couple videos that are really over the top. Cardi B lives it every day. Billy Porter. Remember his gown at the Oscars camp? Did you see him at the Met Gala? Sir came in and I was like, oh, he's giving me Phoenix rising from the ashes. Billy Porter got on his Instagram and was like, I'm giving you Old Testament realness. He was like, category Old Testament. Sir, you better serve. He gives you a visual. You cannot like him. You could talk about his, him and his dresses. You could talk about his, his affront to black masculinity, to masculinity as a whole, to black people, black families, whatever. That man knows how to, to draw an eye and keep your attention. I love people that use fashion for more than just, oh, I've put clothes on my body. You know, I'm trying to look expensive. No, he does very good statement fashion. He was my favorite of the night. Cardi B was a very, very, very close second. I love that little chick. And seeing her at this year's Met Gala, it was her second. It reminded me how last year she was pregnant and everyone was talking about, is her career over? Is she going to be a one album wonder? Chick pushed culture out, dropped a couple videos, racked up some awards, is constantly on tour and showing up to the Met Gala, snatched. Fresh off lipo. And that's not speculation. There's video of her talking about her recent lipo. I'm happy for that girl. She's living an amazing life. Despite Offset. Next. There was a lot of really good fashion. I like Tracy Ellis Ross. She had a gown with a a frame, a gold frame around it. It was a nod to a photography series from the African American Day Parade in Harlem. Lena Waithe came dressed like a, this is going to sound really bad, but to outfit to me looked like 80s drug dealer with all the, the gold chains. And then she had some gold buttons that looked like regular buttons. But if you zoomed in close on them, the buttons were faces of rappers. So Jay-Z, Nipsey Hussle, Tupac, a couple other people. And then the pinstripes in her outfit were song lyrics from Drake, Shaka Khan, Sylvester, she did this amazing interview and I put it on my Instagram page in case you want to check it out at Demetria L. Lucas. She did this amazing interview for E! News where she shouted out a whole bunch of drag queens who her version invented camp. I don't know if drag queens invented camp. I think they perfected camp. She's a co-chair of the Met Gala, which I was like, really, sis? Your ascent has been nothing short of amazing. She's one of the people I would like to meet in Hollywood. But I was excited for the Met Gala this year. I didn't like the theme last year with the the church, the Catholic church or whatever. Everyone came dressed like the Pope in some fashion. It was a good exhibit at the museum. Speaking of which, when I was in New York, I would just take a train to go to the Met and see the exhibits. Or I was in D.C. I would just take an Amtrak and then a train. To go see the exhibits. Now I'm all the way out here in L.A. I got to plan this out a little better. I'm planning to go see my daddy for Father's Day. So I'll be back on the East Coast. Which I can't wait for. I really actually miss the East Coast. And not like miss it in like, oh, I wish I never moved here. But miss it in like, I don't know. I miss humidity. It's the weird things. I posted a picture a couple weeks ago of my, my hair. It's super blonde now. I blonded it again since I took that picture. 
getting your hair to a certain shade of blonde without damaging it is a process. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Because it's so dry out here, I never have to sit under the dryer. When I twist my hair, it used to take all day. Now it just takes like a couple hours. But I have to be very mindful of moisturizing my hair. You got natural hair, you got to be mindful of moisture in general, but I've got the bleach in it. So I, I want to make sure doubly that my hair is moisturized so this shit don't fall out. So I started experimenting more with different moisturizers. So this new one that I just started using, it's Macadamia Natural Oil Deep Repair Mask. I used it for the first time the other day after I did my latest round of blonding. Oh, my twist out right now is amazing. I've never had a twist out look this great in my entire life. And using this mask is the only thing that I've changed in my routine. I still use the same like twist out um, hair pudding. It's the Elastic QP one. I've used it for years at this point. That is not the point I was going to make. I just really wanted to tell you about my twist out. The point that I wanted to make is I miss humidity because it makes my hair fluff different. So here I can twist my hair and it'll last. My twist out will last for seven days back home, three days top. And I would have to like redo it. And my hair would get really, really, really big because of the humidity. Now that doesn't happen. My hair is really pretty. The curls are very defined, but I don't have like super big hair anymore. It's just like large hair. I want super big hair. So I got a gym membership. Obviously, one of the reasons for a gym membership is so that I can work out, so I can do weights. I got a gym where I can push a sled because, you know, that's one of the things that I really enjoy. Half of the reason that I got the gym membership is because it has a sauna and I can sit in it and it fluffs up my hair in five minutes. So when I know I have like ish to do, I need to see and be seen and I really want like huge hair. I intentionally go to the gym to work out. And then I sit in the sauna without a shower cap on so my hair will fluff up. I'm getting fake humidity. This is as crazy as getting fake snow in December. I hear they do that too at LA. I hear everybody goes to the Grove and they have Christmas trees and they let fake snow fly all over people. I saw that in Mexico last year. Thought that was the craziest ish I'd ever seen. Like y'all gonna walk around in parkas, 60 degree weather, pretend to be cold with fake snow. And here I am. Getting fake humidity. Sad case of life. Moving on. You heard your boy Jesse Smollett is out at Empire. I didn't think that was necessary. I mean, he did that dumb shit. If you followed me for most of this podcast journey, you know that I think Jesse Smollett 125% did that dumb shit. And you know that I also think that punishment was served. He was publicly humiliated. He paid a $10,000 fine. He's a bit blemished, but I felt no need for all those charges they threw at him. Chicago got too many goddamn problems to be focused on Jesse Smollett trying to prosecute him for embarrassing the city. But they didn't have to kick him off Empire like that. I think people moved on. I think his actions were a bad stain on him. I don't think they were a bad stain on the show. I don't think people were going to be like, well, I'm not watching Fox or Empire because Jesse Smollett is there. So much craziness has happened since then. People were like, yeah, whatever. Once R. Kelly got arrested, that was the end of the story with Jesse. He, could, he totally could have stayed on Empire without Empire taking a hit. But they got rid of old Jesse. I wonder where he'll pop up next. I'd watch him act. I wouldn't believe a word he said in public. If he was like, oh, it's not going to rain today, I would have to check the weather. But as an actor, psh, he's fine. Carry on. 
Can we talk about these Steve and Marjorie Harvey divorce rumors? I was upset. I can't remember what publication is the is the one who put it out there because that story went crazy. That I was like, oh no, not Steve and Marjorie. Like everybody has their couple that they just sort of lash onto. I remember when I was at Essence, those rumors about Jada and Will, those divorce rumors, people would be upset. Like if Jada and Will can't last, how can I believe in love? And I was like, really? Jada and Will are that serious to you? They cool. I ain't got nothing against the Smiths. Or like Jay-Z and Beyonce, like those rumors of, of marital strife. People are like, oh my God, how can I believe in love? And I'm just like, mm, really? Okay, they divorced like the sky would not fall for me. But Marjorie and Steve, I was upset. I really shouldn't have been clowning y'all. I understand now. Marjorie and Steve, I was like, absolutely not. They were talking about Steve has been downsizing. He's been selling off properties. Look. Steve and Marjorie, both of them, not just one or the other, both like to blow money fast. They on that BMF. And I'll be honest, for very selfish reasons, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I enjoy Marjorie Harvey's Instagram very much. I need ma'am and sir to stay together so I can live to see Marjorie stunt another day. I love that lady. But they dispelled their divorce rumors. Marjorie put up a, a cute video of them. And her and Steve were like, wait, are you divorcing me? Because I heard we were I heard we were divorcing. She's not that great an actress. They poke light at the situation and they shut all that talk about them leaving one another down. That made me happy. And Marjorie looked beautiful. Folks didn't like Steve's outfit at the Kentucky Derby. They said he was dressed like an AKA. <laughs> he did have on pink and green, but that ish was fly. Having this big pink hat, I thought it was wonderful. Marjorie's ex husband who was in jail for like 25 years 24 years is free he says he's writing a tell-all book about he and marjorie's times together they were married when he went to prison and she divorced him in less than five years into his sentence he says he has stories about marjorie that the world needs to know i'm like sir what kind of old tea are you trying to spill? It's minimum 25-year-old T. Do I care about 25-year-old T? I don't know what you could tell me about somebody that happened 25 years ago where I'm just like, oh my God. When Auntie Jack A told us that Eartha Kitt had slapped her in the face for sleeping with her man, I mean, that was good tea. But did it change the way you thought about Jack A or Eartha Kitt? No. The whole story was on brand for both of them. I actually think it'd be an honor to be slapped by Eartha Kitt. Like, I was like, wow. And then I wanted to know who was the gentleman that was knocking down Jack Hay and Eartha Kitt. Now, that's some tea. I want to know what, what sir was putting down. I don't know what you could tell me about Marjorie Harvey that I'd just be like, scandal. Her ex-husband went to jail for drug offenses, no? Don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm assuming drugs were involved with, with over a two-decade conviction. Could be murder. Hmm. I don't know. You know how I feel about Margie Harvey. If, if the worst of what they say about that woman is all true, and she has elevated herself to where she is now, that's a bad B. That's God's amazing grace. Amen.
I talked about that in the last episode. You can't come to me with Marjorie Harvey slander. Short of boiling babies and molesting children, I've really, there's nothing you can tell me about Marjorie Harvey where I'm just going to be like, well, I'm done with her now. 25 years ago, you lived a whole different life, which would put Marjorie Harvey somewhere in her 20s. I don't care. I listen. I'll hear about it. I'll talk about it here with you. But I can't really see me being like, well, I'm done with Marjorie Harvey now. We'll see. We will see. Because that book is going to get published. Or he's just going to start talking about it online. And do some interviews. Or not. Maybe Steve will pay him off. Hmm. Also, I just want to be clear. If 25 years from now, I'm still talking about my one day soon to be God willing ex-husband. Somebody come get me. Sit me down and have a real talk with me. Be like, you know what? You've got to see a therapist. It's long overdue. 25 years later, still talking about your ex-wife that had another husband or two since you, sir, you're doing what the kids call clout chasing. I've had enough. Let's move on. Y'all had me all riled up looking to see what Aisha Curry done did now. Y'all don't like that girl. I don't know why. I think she's sweet. I remember her saying something about how she chooses to dress. She only shows it for her man or something like that. And people got mad and were like, oh, she's, she's slut shaming. And I was like, did y'all read that same quote that I did? Because it wasn't about other women. It was about her personal preferences. I personally choose not to put my titties on the glass. I have no issue with people who choose to put their titties on the glass. You grown ass woman, put your titties wherever you feel like putting them. Unless they on me. Folks were getting riled up over her. But folks were super riled up about Aisha Curry. She and three other Curry women, Mama Curry, and then two women. One is a fiance of Steph's brother, and another one is newly married to another brother of Steph's. Of Steph's. And it was really weird how light-skinned everybody was. Like, I'm not like the darkest berry, and I'm significantly browner since being out here, especially fresh off Arizona, because I can get real pale in the winter. Which, that may never happen again. I may be brown year-round. Oh my gosh. This is such an exciting possibility. I'm sorry, I just got distracted. But I was sitting there, I was looking at the people at the table, and I was like, it's a whole table of light-skinned people. It's like living in D.C. <laughs> Half the D.C. population is going to be mad at me. But D.C. got a lot of light-skinned people, which I didn't realize until like I moved back. And I was like, wait. It's a lot of light-skinned people here. A lot of light-skinned people with gray eyes. Like Michael Ely type light. I don't know what that's about. I mean, slavery. But still, why all there? Why not like a whole bunch of like really light-skinned people in like Atlanta? Or Charleston? Like why specifically D.C.? You need to investigate that. I don't know with what downtime, but someday I will have some and I will look into that. So Red Table Talk had gone to, I want to say North Carolina, to the Curry family home to talk with the women of the family. It was a cute episode. I don't really watch Red Table Talk like that. I think I watched one other episode, the one where um, little sister Jordan was on there. I didn't know it was so short. 
It was 30 minutes in and out. And I was like, you got these four extra women sitting around a table. Seven women are having a conversation and all we get is 30 minutes. I would at least like to see an hour of that. Anyway, folks went in on Aisha Curry's comments. So I actually tuned in to see like exactly what did she say? Because people were talking about like, oh, Aisha Curry said she takes uh, meds because her anxiety is so bad about all the women that want to do her husband. That is not what that woman said. She said it upsets her sometimes at the the number of women who, who are throwing themselves at her husband. She did say she has anxiety that she takes meds for. But she did not say that she takes the meds because of the groupies. Folks just be making shit up. She says that she misses male attention. She doesn't feel like she gets any. And she pointed out that her husband, you know, is constantly getting attention from other women. She says sometimes she feels unseen by other men. And people were like, well, you're married to Steph Curry. Your husband's attention should be enough for you. And nobody who said that shit is married. (laughs) People have this idea that you get married and you just become like this whole different person. Like you stop being a human and all you are is this really narrow and strange definition of what wife is. Like you put folks in these oppressive ass boxes of of what they're supposed to want and how they're supposed to live and how they're supposed to think as a person in a marriage. And it's just bizarre. It makes it really hard to be married sometimes, at least publicly. So when you get married, it's 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 a religious ceremony, but it's not a a conversion. You don't become a whole different person and suddenly lose all the basic traits of humanity that most people have. Like most people enjoy being desired. We seem to understand when men want to feel like they still got it. But it's like with women, you just think that like, oh, you should get married and your husband and your children should be your whole world. And not really. You're still an individual person. You're part of a family. You're part of a unit, but you're still an individual. Like you still want to feel like fly. You still want to feel sexy. And yes, you want to do it for yourself. And yes, you want your mate to acknowledge you. But you still want to be out in the world and feel like you are an attractive, noticed being. I don't know how people can't grasp that concept. And it has nothing to do with your husband not paying enough attention to you or you wanting to cheat or you not being fulfilled. It's just like the same way people post on the Internet for attention, which is why we all do it in some form or of capacity. I mean, people just do it in different ways. Some ways are more socially acceptable than others. My way is sharing my opinions and my thoughts. Other people's way is sharing their titties and their ass. I don't understand how people who actively, willfully participate in an intention-seeking process don't also see that other people may want attention as well. But I listened to that whole Red Table Talk. Nothing, nothing really crazy was said. I pulled out my pen and paper and I was ready to take notes trying to figure out why people were coming for Aisha Curry. And I just, I really couldn't find it. Folks really love to hate that poor woman. She kind of let her husband off the hook a little bit. And she was like, oh, he's so nice. He doesn't know what to do when groupies approach. Um, 
he's not stupid. It's a grown ass man. Yeah, your husband knows what to do. Mother Curry is beautiful. She's 53. She looks great. She looks like she's 40. Beautiful woman. All beautiful girls. Is Red Table Talk, does Willow, is Willow always weird? And I say that as a kind of weird person. I mean, she's like teenage weird. I just, I'm, I was kind of like, why are you there? And then Jada's mama, Gammy, is that what they call her? It's a beautiful woman. But she didn't really say much. Is she usually that quiet? I can't promise you I'm going to watch more Red Table Talk to get to the bottom of this. It was a perfectly lovely show. It just, it didn't really just, just rile me up. It didn't really strike anything in me. I thought the conversation was a little surface. I just wanted a little more. And I was like, oh, we're just, we're, this is all we're getting? Oh, okay. I think Gammy could have added more. Please, I hope that's the woman's name because I really don't know what else to call her. I just, I wish she would have spoke more. Maybe this just wasn't her, her favorite topic. She didn't have a lot to add. Or maybe they just edited her out for whatever reason. I don't know. But Willow could totally go. She's a lovely girl. But I just don't think this is the format for her. I'd like to hear a little more from Gammy. I like a mature woman's perspective. Last up, certainly not least. Have y'all been following this story in Georgia? This new abortion ban? Current law in Georgia allows women to get an abortion up to their first 20 weeks of pregnancy. The new law that takes effect on January 1st is being noted as the most extreme abortion ban in the country. It's called the heartbeat law. Essentially, it's because if you can take the heartbeat of the fetus, then you can no longer have an abortion. From what I've read, the heartbeat of a fetus can be heard around six weeks. A lot of people don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. You might have just missed your period or you might not be sure what you want to do, whether you want to have a child or not. You might still be trying to figure it out or you may need to scrape together the money. I actually don't know the cost of an abortion, but everybody doesn't have extra money for one. Everyone who may want one, who may need one, doesn't have the extra money laying around. They may need more than six weeks to get those funds together. But if they don't, the state of Georgia, they can't have an abortion. What makes this even crazier? I read on Slate that If a woman were to get an illegal abortion in Georgia, she would be subject to life imprisonment and the death penalty. Is that accurate? Slate's a a reputable publication. I, I just, that's, that's crazy to me. Now there are exceptions in the cases of rape and incest. If in fact a woman has filed a police report, which you're going to torture people in order to get them abortions. My God, I've had to go to the police station over being assaulted. There is a record of my assault from, what year was that? 2002, 2003, August, September, New York City. I had to go to the sex crimes unit. Uh, I'll tell that story someday. I wrote about the assault in my first book. I didn't write about going to the police and why I decided not to pursue the case. Something really crazy happened um, when I went to file a report. Actually filed a report twice. I went to I went to a police station right off Flatbush in Brooklyn and because of the nature of the crime I had to go to the sex crimes unit which was in Harlem. I'll tell that story someday. It's um it's really really fucked up. 
But just the idea that you have to go to report it just in order to get an abortion is crazy. There are a couple other places that are, are contemplating similar laws. Just FYI, Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, and West Virginia considering similar proposals. A bill recently passed in the Alabama House that would outlaw abortions at any stage of pregnancy with a few narrow exceptions. Hmm. According to this, this Slate article that I read, that the new measure in, in Georgia would have consequences for women who get abortions from doctors or, or even women who miscarry. Quote, a woman who seeks out an illegal abortion from a healthcare provider would be a party to murder. Subject to life in prison. A woman who miscarries because of her own conduct, say using drugs while pregnant, would be liable for second degree murder, punishable by 10 to 30 years imprisonment. Prosecutors may interrogate women who miscarry to determine whether they can be held responsible. If they find evidence of culpability, they may charge, detain, and try these women for the death of their fetuses. Still according to Slate, even women who seek lawful abortions out of state may not escape punishment. If a Georgia resident plans to travel elsewhere to obtain an abortion, she may be charged with conspiracy to commit murder, punishable by 10 years imprisonment. An individual who helps a woman plan to get an out-of-state abortion or transports her to the clinic may also be charged with conspiracy. These individuals are, after all, quote unquote, conspiring to end the life of a, quote, person with, quote, full legal recognition under Georgia law. Of course, Planned Parenthood and ACLU are all over this. But what makes it additionally scary is that Trump has appointed two people to the Supreme Court, the last of which was Brett Kavanaugh. Both of them are anti-abortion. I swear, The Handmaid's Tale is looking more and more and more realistic. It's almost painful to watch that show. It's foreshadowing where we're headed. I just don't understand laws like this. And I would understand them better if the people who were pro-life were also pro-child, pro-mother of child when said child arrives. It's like you shame women for having abortions and then you shame women for having children out of wedlock when children arrive that you insisted must be here despite, you know, whatever the mother wanted. The child gets here and then you don't like welfare or any sort of quote unquote handouts that would assist this mother and child to thrive, not just bear, scrape by, survive, but to thrive. It's so anti-woman. I don't see the logic in trying to force people to have children that they are not willing or ready or don't want to raise. There are going to be women who are going to figure out a way not to have children that they don't want to have. Are we going to go back to this crazy pre-Roe v. Wade world where women are doing back alley abortions? Where women are drinking crazy shit or, or shoving crazy shit up their vaginas trying to induce abortions, end up killing themselves? Like, is this what you want instead? Because that's what you're going to get. Like the idea that you're just going to force all these women to have children that they don't want, it's not going to happen. I think at the core of all this is to control women's sexuality. 
we talk so bad about the Middle East, like, oh, my God, they're repressing the women. Are we not also repressing the women? They won't let women drive. We won't let women control their reproductive health. Are we really that far off? Ooh, I feel like this week's episode was heavy. Mm. Well, that's all, folks. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please let me know. You can leave a little note on, on Apple or you can send me a little note. You can, you can email me or you can DM me or you can leave a little message on, on my blog post. I put every episode up on my blog. I thought people would go to my blog and chat amongst yourselves about the episode, but y'all just like to like DM me. I mean, it's fine. Sometimes you'll chat like on the Instagram comment section about the post, which is fine. But I was like, oh, y'all don't want to go to the blog. You don't want to speak to each other about the, okay, that's fine. You know, to each their own. It's fine. Thank you, as always, for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Next week, I'm making no promises. I'm on deadline for a big project. We'll talk. I don't know when. Okay. 